Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Welcome to Your Money with me, Michelle Martin, and this is Market View. Asia Pacific markets trading in the green this morning, setting aside overnight losses on Wall Street. Ryan Huang joining me this morning as we break down market action. Ryan, how are you doing this morning? Doing great, Michelle. How about you? Yeah, feeling good. Let's start the morning with the world of AI, ChatGPT, no less. The AI chatbot released by a Microsoft-backed company just two months ago is shaking up the tech industry, many other sectors as well. Just this week, we learned that the chatbot passed an exam at Wharton School of Business. Professors only gave it a B-, though. Many investors, meanwhile, believe that ChatGPT's success poses... A real crisis for Google, sort of an existential crisis. Uh, Google search engine so ubiquitous that the name has become a verb, right? Have you Googled something recently? So what happens when Microsoft integrates ChatGPT with its own search engine Bing? Will people abandon Google? Well, Google, of course, is not taking that challenge sitting down. In fact, it has just issued an all-hands-on-deck memo to all its employees, which means that the public may just see Google's response to ChatGPT pretty soon. What's the latest, Ryan? Yeah, so this is really exciting now. So Google joining the AI chatbot buzz right now with an announcement that it is rolling out a competitor to ChatGPT. So it's called BART. And this is something that's dubbed BART because it's supposed to be a storyteller of sorts. So mm. it is to compete with ChatGPT in terms of helping people figure out how to connect the dots and answer the questions they have. So in a way, and a next generation of Google search in a sense, just a bit smarter and being able to answer more questions the way someone, a human, might do. So it is, as you said, Google starting to sit up and take notice of the threat that ChatGPT is now posing, especially with Microsoft in the mix. So it is now pushing out this as a closed testing group. And this is something they will do before they will roll it out in a bigger fashion publicly. So I'm quite excited to see what they have. Microsoft is investing 10 billion US dollars in OpenAI. Now that's the company behind ChatGPT and the Seattle-based tech giant certainly not ready to let Google sort of steal the limelight. In fact, it's scheduled a mystery event for this evening. What do we know about this mystery event, Ryan? Yeah, you know, just minutes after Google said that they've um, rolled out BART or have announced that announced um, launch of BART, Microsoft unveiled plans for this event for the press to mm-hmm. talk about some new products. So we don't have the details yet. That will come when mm. the event starts. But it is likely to revolve around AI, especially with all the developments in the past few days. For example, Microsoft just investing in OpenAI. And likely we will look at how that could play a part in the Bing search engine, as well as all the products that Microsoft has, the entire Microsoft Office suite, how that could make it smarter in some sense. So it is going to make waves tomorrow, I suspect, in terms of the potential applications that we might see for ChatGPT in some of these Microsoft products. 
Yeah, all eyes will be on Microsoft 10 a.m. Washington time in Redmond. That's when this mystery event kicks off. Now, away from the big players, there has been some frenzy in AI stocks since the start of the year. UBS says the industry could be worth more than a trillion U.S. dollars. Ryan, who are some of the AI companies that have really seen their stock prices take off? Yeah, among them, C3.ai... We've also got SoundHow. You might be familiar with this one because it was quite oh, popular yeah. back in the day for figuring out what music's playing at a store over the airwaves and giving you the title. And you've got BigBear.ai Holdings. All of them doing very well. In fact, if you look at SoundHow, it surged 90%. So just a reflection oh. of how hot the buzz is and the excitement building up. But the catch is, if you bought it at the start when they IPO'd, you will not be in the money right now. It's because of the slump they went through when you know, many of these companies had to go through the despec phase and then started to lose some traction and then took a bit of a slump. They've just only recovered recently. So it's going to be some time before they get back to those IPO levels. But at least if you bought in the past few days, you'll be celebrating right now. Absolutely. Look at Soundhound. Uh, that five-day chart is a beautiful one. The one-month chart, even more beautiful with the sharp increases. Uh, the six-month chart looking relatively stable. We're seeing highs February 2023, quite similar to what we saw October uh, 2022 for Soundhound. Currently trading at $4.03. I still have it on my, on my phone. It's an app that I used to use a lot. Did you ever download it? Yeah, I think it was a go-to app for those of us at least who were so curious about what's playing on the radio, you know, what's the song? And then <laughs> it's so easy to get that song and then it just unfolds an entire world of music for you. Yeah, a great music discovery app. We should caution though that while many of these stocks have seen big gains over the past month, they do have a history of being risky investments. Take C3.ai, for example. Despite the recent gains, it's still trading at more than 80% below its IPO peak. All right, let's bring the conversation to Singapore now. He's Ryan Huang and I'm Michelle Martin. More specifically, I want to talk about the halls of parliament, what's been ringing there. The bribery scandal involving Keppel Corp has taken centre stage. Several former seniors at Keppel allegedly conspired to pay more than 50 million US dollars in bribes to promote the company's interests in Brazil. None of those officials are being prosecuted, though. Yesterday, minister in the prime minister's office, Indrani Raja, took to Parliament to explain why. So what did she say, Ryan? Yeah, in short, they had not enough evidence to go forward with the prosecution. So that's the essence of um, why things did not progress as much as what some were hoping for. So all in, this pretty much is what's been playing out for Capital o and uh, which agreed back in 2017 to pay $422 million and a US probe into illegal payments to officials in Brazil. And this involves state-controlled oil company uh, Petrobras. So something that is now seeing it in Parliament. And some of the colour that came through from Parliament was how there was a witness that they thought would be useful, but they were unwill- the witness was unwilling to come to Singapore to testify and they could not make the witness to come to Singapore as well. So that ties the hands to some extent, on what they can do as well. Singapore's Corrupt Practices Investigation Bureau has issued a stern warning to Keppel over the incident. Minister Indrani Raja saying that the warning is, quote, 
a marker that there is something not entirely right and that this means Keppel does not have a complete bill of health. Do you think the scandal is affecting investor interest in Keppel, Ryan? Yeah, I guess in the short term, we might see some knee-jerk responses in response to the negative headlines. But back to markets, they have a short-term memory most of the time and they will likely look at the business and the fundamentals. And if you look at how Capital has been performing in the past year, it's actually up 21%. And this is something, I guess, reflective of how things are starting to um, get back into shape for Capital in the sense of how the economy is coming back after COVID-19, China is reopening, the oil and gas industry is doing well. So all these fundamentals, I guess, outweigh the negative side of things when it comes to this um, saga. Keppel shares down 5% over the past week, but they are still up more than 20% over the past year. Let's turn to US markets now, where sellers were out in force overnight. The Nasdaq dropped 1%. The S&P 500 finished down 0.6%. The Dow was in the red as well. What's the narrative driving all the selling, Ryan? Yeah, I would put it down to last Friday. The jobs report that came in really Strong, Strongly expected at 517,000 jobs created for January. That was more than double what the market was expecting. And that changed the tune in terms of what they were expecting or markets were expecting from the Fed in terms of the pace of rate hikes. So hot and expected jobs market means the Fed might need to do more, which might mean higher rates for longer. And that weighed on markets yesterday plus the day before. So two days straight that we are seeing markets selling off. So that is seeing investors concerned about where things are playing out in terms of the Fed plus the bond yields rising and the US dollar getting stronger are also additional headwinds. Hiring in the US may have surged in January, but you really wouldn't know it if you just looked at the tech sector. We have yet another example this morning of a tech firm that's been laying off workers. So who's been cutting headcount this time? Yeah, so latest to join the bandwagon, Dell. So mm. this reflective of what we've been talking about in the past few weeks, that slump in the tech sector, PCs for, uh, especially. We just don't need that many these days as much as before. So that's what Dell and many other companies are facing. And they are cutting 5% of the workforce. That is around 6,650 jobs. So this is all to right-size the company as they adapt to what is now cratering demand. And of course, many of these companies um, were more ambitious in the past few years, hoping that the trend of growth will continue. Of course, it is now turning into cost-cutting instead of growing. Well, shares of Dell closed down 3% overnight. They are recouping a bit of those losses, though, in after-hours trade. U.S. President Joe Biden gives his State of the Union address in the U.S. tonight. Now, analysts are expecting a couple of big proposals, one of which could hit investors in the pocketbook. Tell us more. Yeah, this is really interesting to see how this will play out in terms of market reaction. So I am looking at this new levy or tax that will be slapped on corporate stock buybacks, effectively quadrupling the current levy. So that means if a company wants to buy up shares of itself, it will have to pay more taxes. That will mean it will have to think twice if that is the best course of action. So it might lead to some uh, reluctance to do um, share buybacks maybe in the short term. So something that they will have to adjust and of course it will hit investors down the road. And also he is 
renewing calls for a minimum tax on billionaires. I guess if you're rich, you wouldn't really care how much you're being taxed um, to some extent because you can afford it. <laughs> so that is something we'll see how markets um, I guess adjust to these um, headlines, whether that will actually uh, worry them more than they should. All right, time for corporate news. It's up or down time. Ryan, let's get on the roller coaster and start off with Pinterest. Okay, Pinterest, quite reflective of what's playing out. I would go for down because its latest earnings, not too peachy. In fact, uh, it's expecting a bit of a slowdown and headwinds because of the drop in ad spending in the social media space. It expects sales in the first quarter to increase in the low single digits from a year earlier. And if you look at the fourth quarter, it missed on both revenue and you've got a gloomy forecast. So it looks like the trajectory is drifting lower. Yeah, ad revenue at the social media company Pinterest during the first quarter of the year is expected to grow in the low single digits. That's not great. And that's led investors to sell off Pinterest shares in after-hours trade. So I join you um, with the down for that one. How about the US dollar, Ryan? Now let's check out the greenback. And Mm. I would go with an up for the US dollar and that's off the back of the jobs data which is pushing up bond yields and that's supporting the US dollar so we are looking at a dollar index at around 103.50 for the past week it's up around 1.3% and the dollar versus sing dollar is now at around 1.326 so for the past week it's up 1% If you've just joined us, it's Market View. We've been looking at the U.S. dollar, a robust jobs numbers in the U.S., and also a belief that this will lead the U.S. Federal Reserve to continue raising interest rates throughout the course of this year. That's led to a rally in the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar index touched a three-week high overnight. Let's turn our attention to Singapore and an F&B player called YKGI. Yeah, YKGI runs Yuki Dark Rice and one of my favourite bubble tea brands, Chicha Sanchen. Mm. So mm. it went for a IPO debut last uh, or yesterday. So I would go with a down because it doesn't look like investors are lapping it up. So it's down 10.5% from its IPO price of 20 Ooh. cents and last close at 17.9 cents. So that's the picture for YKGI. Also worth noting, The wider markets were up, the SDI was up, but YKGI was down. Now, great news for Chicha-san Chen fans and Yuki Dakrais. I'm going to check that out. But for F&B player YKGI, it's a down in my book. The stock tumbled more than 10% in its market debut yesterday. Capital Land India Trust, Ryan. I am going with... Up for Capital Land India Trust. So we are looking at improvement in numbers. And that's off the back of total property income higher based on higher portfolio occupancy and income at several buildings acquired in the last two years. So property income grew 15%. So all in. DPU up 9% to 3.9 cents in the second half of the year. 
All right. I am going to give Capital and India Trust an up as well. Look at those DPUs, not 9%. All right, Ryan, before I let you go, there's been a lot of buzz in the market, people panicking because of a research paper that asks, would chat GPT get a Wharton MBA? We touched a little on this earlier. Uh, that's a prediction paper based on its performance on one course at Wharton. Not to worry, people, it got a B- uh, for that particular course. But what do you think? Um, do you think uh, it potentially could get an MBA? It's just a question of time. <laughs> I think it is a question of time. I'm looking at how this test was set. And it looks like managed to answer quite a few questions well, but there are some spots that did not really come through, especially the math portions. But I imagine it's just a matter of time before they do the tweaks needed to get that right. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, how this will play out for people in their day-to-day use, right? If you think about it, we use a calculator mm-hmm. every day. Maybe mm-hmm. ChatGPT could just be something like that um, in time to come. Well, I hear some people put ChatGPT to the test with our PSLE exam questions. Uh, you know, and some of these questions have left students in tears. <laughs> uh, and ChatGPT didn't do so well. No surprises so there. So it's that tough, the PSLE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until it can pass the PSLE with an E-star, I'm not worrying too much about it. Thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me this morning. Ryan Huang there. This is Market View. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.